What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. This is Justin. I'm here with my co-host, PJ. PJ, what's going on? Good. How's it going, Justin? What was that little sigh there right there? A little beginning? A little exhale? You know, man, I, I get to do this pod after work today, so I'm just, it feels good to finally uh, get it started. We had a little little technical difficulty getting going today, but... Uh, um, a little sound quality problem. Yeah, but it's hopefully it sounds good now. I think that we should be ready to roll, but uh, yeah, so we're recording this on the first day of November on a Tuesday. We normally try to get a pod in on Sundays, but... PJ had a lot of sporting, uh, sporting events related activities to, um, to attend. I guess you didn't really attend the Cubs game on Sunday, but I'm sure that everyone was pretty preoccupied watching that. Yeah. It's a a pretty busy week in uh, Chicago sports, the Bulls open. I was at the Bulls opener down in Wrigleyville for Friday and Saturday's game. Uh, and then, I watched Sunday's game with my parents at their place out in the suburbs of Chicago. And then uh, I went to the Bears Monday night game last night. So, yeah, it's been a pretty hectic, crazy, sports-filled. Yeah, you just got to catch a Blackhawks game and you're ready to go. You got you made your rounds. Well, the, the Cubs, Blackhawks both won on Sunday night. And then the Bears and Bulls won on Monday night. So... That's like people, the first time that's ever happened in like that has a century. To be. Well, yeah, because I mean, usually uh, ever maybe aren't playing this time of year. So. Right. It, I think it's ever. It's probably an, a first. But yeah, man. So I want to hear more about the Bulls. Obviously, so you said you went to the opener. What was the kind of vibe in the arena like? Were people because you went to you went to the opener last year? So how how would you compare the opener last year versus the opener this year? Uh, so this year it was it was it was pretty fun. Um, there was definitely, I, it was a little, I guess less intense. I mean, last year they opened up with LeBron, Obama was there. It was kind of different expectations. Of, you know, obviously a very different looking team. But yeah, this year's it was kind of just. Uh, and you didn't have us. you didn't have Dwayne Wade. Didn't have Dwayne Wade. Didn't have Rondo. Didn't have a lot. And honestly, like the the feel of this, the crowd and everything was at first. Um, I kind of felt like the first quarter, everyone was kind of hanging back and just seeing what was gonna come. And and they came out right off the bat. They were moving the ball really well, had a great rhythm. Um, and it was kind of like people were just like, "Oh, should we like get excited for this?" And it wasn't until like the second quarter when that same pace and uh, the ball movement continued because I think it was kind of all right they started out hot we're waiting for the drop off that's kind of what a lot of people saw last year there'd be a a drop off a let up and either defensively or just offensive flow and you know if the Bulls went on a run they'd give it right back and for most of the game I mean they held in I mean Boston did make a run most most major teams do that at some point in the third so but it was just a it was a fun game down the stretch uh Dwayne Wade hits four threes he's I mean I think that was kind of what got everyone going more than anything is him hitting these threes and I mean that I mean they scored really well throughout I mean everyone kind of got involved at points so it was uh 
then that fourth quarter was kind of it was rowdy it was definitely rowdy um, yeah that's cool though yeah I, I mean it was like in comparison I mean it once like United Center gets up it's like it's fun but um it's you just kind of have to see and I think a lot of people were just not knowing how this team was going to be was kind of just a little bit more laid back to start whereas last year was the very first game and everyone's like especially against LeBron everyone gets up for that in Chicago yeah so I haven't watched a ton of the Bulls up to this point mostly because they haven't been on national TV and uh, I only get to catch the pass they have it in my apartment building but not actually in my apartment so sometimes I'll just go down to the workout room just so I can watch league pass which is nice and uh, so I watched some of the Bulls-Nets game last night, and I don't want to put too much weight into this because they were playing the Nets, and honestly, there was a stretch in the second quarter that I thought in my head, this is the worst basketball I've ever seen a team play in the NBA. I mean, it was terrible. Like, when Jeremy Lin and Brooke Lopez aren't on the floor, it is just anarchy out there as far as them trying to run an offense. <laughs> They were uh, but, the the Nets fans were cheering for Wade to like cross over Bobanovich like a second time after he like Oh, scored. it was so but my next thing I was gonna say was that I don't wanna put too much weight in this, but the Bulls they moved the ball really well. Like I didn't I don't remember watching them at all last year that they were getting like the ball was just it wasn't stopping very often. I mean you'll have your possessions that D Wade or Jimmy or or uh, Rondo that are going to dribble around and just take a jumper. But for the most part, they were taking advantage when uh, transition opportunities were there. They, um, you know, it's really people, the main criticism is that, well, they don't have shooting, but we'll see if Wade can keep up the three-point percentage he's been at, but he's shooting the ball really well from three. Uh, Jimmy's usually been all right from out there, and, Rondo's been doing enough, at least, you know, not taking a lot of threes, but he's been shooting all right for mid-range, and he looks way more engaged. I saw him close out and, and block someone's shot at the on the three-point line last night, which I couldn't tell you the last time I, I saw that. So I'm encouraged. Fun team to watch thus far. Yeah, I mean, so it's like you take the three alphas and kind of look. I mean, right on the preseason, even when I was watching, I mean, like the first thing, I think – said in an earlier episode too was just that Rondo is by far the way he can pass and, and sling the ball around it's something the Bulls haven't had in a, a decade and a half I mean Rose wasn't even kind of that guy um it's it's been a while since they've had anyone that a true point guard that just is looking to get guys shots um so that was that's kind of the first thing it, it's moved on I mean Butler and Wade are doing similar things now with it too and it's like if you look at how they're structured and you knock the shooting and it's so so far the shooting is good but if you take those three guys and you make sure and based on the rotations you have one of those three at least on the court at all times I mean they're the distributor they're the playmaker I mean they can make plays for each other but I think like a big thing that we're going to see is like between Robin Taj, when Doug and, and Nico are in and these other role players is is that these guys are going to find them and, and create shots and those guys have to be ready to score so I think that's initially 
going to be a, a great part of this offense. But two, you're going to see and what they've done really well that they wouldn't do last year with Derek was, I mean, Rondo is getting the ball up the court. They are pushing it. There's a there's a tempo, and and that part of it is is closer to what Fred wants to run. That's that's kind of an, one aspect of it that he was pushing for and trying to get that tempo up. And now that you have that, I, I think you are seeing some of that scoring come from that as well. Now, does it keep going? We'll see. I'm pretty giddy at this point about it all. Um, <laughs> but, I mean. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the Pacers, <laughs> I mean, and I think it was mainly, you know, the Boston one, I, I think they've got to figure it out, and, and they're going to be a different team. I didn't really take too much from that one. But, I mean, the Pacers, for the most part, I thought we were a little bit more of a put-together unit. And for them to work on like they did on Saturday was – that's that's kind of the was the first thing, and after that win, and plus just the Cubs losing, it was like I was probably the only person happy at the little watch party I was at because <laughs> I was watching the Bulls a little bit, and they looked really good on Saturday. Well, I'm excited to watch them more. It'll be you know they've kind of had the Celtics was a good win, but they haven't had a super tough schedule to start, so I'm excited to watch them no. throughout the year. But uh, switching gears, a team that was one I'm. You know, full disclosure, my squad, the T-Wolves, very highly, not highly touted, but people have really high expectations thinking they're going to make the playoffs going into the year. And they're two games in. I'm not, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but they are 0-2, and they blew two huge leads against the Grizzlies and the Kings. Uh, have you had a chance to watch them much, PJ? And what was your reaction off of, you know, their start to the season? Yeah, I, I haven't got to watch the fourth quarters too much. I, I watched a little bit. I was able to watch well, the first the third, half. Well, it's both. the third quarter that's killed them in both games. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and I really watched kind of this first half of their games, but um, they just kind of followed it on Twitter and then just kind of poking in at little spots of it so far. But, um, I mean, yeah, I think that's going to take them a little time just to – really get the, the Thibodeau sets, the defensive sets, and I think once they kind of buy in on that side and that's ingrained in them, I think that's going to help a lot. But um, I think, I mean, they're a young team, and it's, I think you're, it, I don't think Tom Thibodeau is going to change all those inconsistencies right out the gate, and I think you're still seeing some of that. It's, um, I mean, the one interesting thing I think we're going to talking about later is Wiggins' production and scoring the first two games which has been encouraging to see so it's you know kind of how does that play out the rest of the time but if you look at how they've run the their offense through the first two it's they're kind of taking a little bit of what they did with Keem and they are but using how, how Tibbs did that with Keem at one point in Chicago and running a lot of the offense through towns but they're looking to get Wiggins shots and get him looks, especially at the, towards the end of shot clock. So, um, you know, it's uh, I wouldn't be too worried yet, and I think you know early bumps and bruises for them should be kind of expected. And and they they came on really well in the second half last year too. So I think that's kind of how this team rolls right. a little bit too. Yeah, I am not. I haven't seen anything that's really been a huge red flag. It's just. Towns has played a ton on the perimeter, which I understand. You, he's really a stretch five, and he's shot all right from three to start this year. And 
he has a really unique skill set that he can take guys off the dribble too from out there. But you know, in the Grizz against the Grizzlies, he just was pressing a little too much, I think. And then against Sacramento, he wasn't as aggressive as he should have been. I, in my opinion, you know, I think he only ended up taking 13 shots that game when Boogie, you know, put up, I think, 37 or maybe I'm confusing yeah. games. He put up 29, but either way. It, I would have liked to have, I would have liked to have seen him being a little more aggressive against DeMarcus Cousins to hopefully tire him out a little bit on that end of the floor so he wasn't just dunking on the T-Wolves every time on the other end. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. Wiggins has played super well. I've liked what I've seen out of Levine and the minutes that Chris Dunn has gotten have been have been pretty good encouraging. How many minutes has he really played? Cuz that's the one thing I'm because Tibbs isn't a big rookie guy. I no, mean. he's not. But uh, I think he's only played. I think he's played around 15, 20 minutes a night. But that's Rubio, that's... Rubio's out for the indefinitely though. So right. <laughs> you know he's well, gonna that's, get his shot. Get more run, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on the T Wolves. But let's go, let's talk about some other stuff going on uh, on and off the court in the NBA. PJ and one of those things, you know, yesterday was Halloween. Uh, a lot of Halloween themed um, parties and stuff going on, and and the Cavaliers were not. Um, you know, they certainly partook in the Halloween festivities. LeBron threw a huge Halloween party. You know, could you? You know, talk a little bit about what was going on there. I'd like to get your reaction. So I first, so the two things I'd seen about the LeBron thing was first what I saw was Iman Shumpert's costume. He dressed up as like doing the Jared Leto Joker. It was really good. It was awesome. Like I was like, he like did one thing, and I like was scrolling through and like my my Twitter feed, and all of a sudden I was like, what is he doing? And like. Then I saw like Kyrie like posted him of him like dancing in his Red Power Ranger suit. Um, shout out to the Red Power Ranger, <laughs> the best one out there. Um, Dude, so they're I coming this out with stuff. a new Power Ranger movie. Yes, they are. I don't know anything about it. Anyway, it looks weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So then, I, then you see like, oh, it's a, a party. You start seeing the pictures come out, but then like LeBron just. Uh, Wanted to kind of, I mean, I, LeBron is kind of just this this high schooler when it comes to social media and stuff, and like some of the stuff he does, it's just like he wants to start trouble. Just it like just doesn't want people to forget about him. And the the but the, I love the fact that he had like that three one lead on the drums and like just some of the little digs he had at the Warriors. Um, you can definitely tell he's not all that happy that they're the champs and the Warriors are getting all this attention. Yeah, so I thought the... Uh, I mean, he threw a ton of shade last year by wearing the Ultimate Warrior... Or not last year, but at like when they got off the plane and wearing the Ultimate Warrior t-shirt when they came back from Golden State and stuff, so... I don't it's know. like so I, petty. It's so it's petty. It's so funny. I can't but it's believe hilarious. he's taking it it's this so- far. It's so funny. I... I instantly was like, oh, my God, I, I wish I could see Steph and Clay and Draymond and Katie. It doesn't, you know, it's not really matter to him. But I want to see the those three guys. I want to see their reaction to this, like, when they first see it, you know, organically, not what they're going to tell the media. Because they, they got comments from them today, and it was, you know, pretty much like, like, we don't care about that. We have enough 
motivation as it is blah 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 and whatever i mean you know that they were pissed oh yeah i mean i feel oh yeah i like all three of them i just like but it's like one of those things it's like oh they got me i can't we can't really do much about it like right this right in the moment or anything it's just uh no i just i like all of the that jordan stuff or sorry all the lebron stuff reminds me of like some of the stories you hear about jordan and even stuff about kobe but it's like a little bit has a little more of a light-hearted spin to it and it's just like pretty creative and funny but it's at the same time it's so petty and it's so just like hey don't forget about me like i'm the best player in the league <laughs> type stuff it's but i love it i i want as much of that as i can i can get out of out of the calves that would be such a fun halloween party to go to though i mean they just look like they're having so much fun i mean i've I don't know. I I think that it'll happen at some point this year too. But the last two years has been a huge story of you know does Kevin Love really fit with this team? Do they need to make a trade, etc.? And then you know they won the championship last year. So I think that I would hope that that talk is diminished or doesn't exist at all. But it just seems like they all get along and it's like a really good team chemistry wise on and off the court. And having I think that stuff like that like. I don't think there are very many teams in the league that are that tight off the court, and I think it helps the Cavs a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I um, yeah, and they've done like stuff like kind of they did some weird stuff like that last year, and it's been in small pockets and stuff. But then, I mean, when LeBron's forming the team, he's forming around guys he wants to be around, so he kind of does do a good job of unifying everyone, and I think everyone just kind of whether or not everyone. You know, really, they're all buddy, buddy, buddy. But it's like, oh, LeBron's doing this thing. Like we all, we're all gonna get into it and, and get behind it. <laughs> I think it's some of it has some part of it to play in it too. What was what did LeBron dress as? He was um, not to put you on the spot, but I geez, saw it. And I, I honestly like, tell d- what he was because because Kevin was Kevin dumb Love was like Dumb and Dumber. What was he? He was like, oh, did he do Rick James, or did he do that last? Or I thought he did that last year. He did the, or did he do Prince this year? There was a couple guys doing Prince, um, because I thought he did like the Chappelle, Rick James at one point. I uh, whatever, it's not important. I was just curious. I'm looking but... it up. I'm okay. Up. Don't worry. We move on. I'll find. Okay. It. In a slightly. I don't know. It's I don't think it's all that surprising that the news came out today, but Ray Allen officially retired from the NBA. People, several teams have been, or he's been linked to several teams in the last two years, potentially making a comeback, but he officially announced his retirement today via the Players' Tribune. Uh, you know, the, the NBA all-time leading, um, you know, he has the most three-point field goals in NBA history. Uh, just an iconic NBA figure with being, you know, he got game, Jesus Shuttlesworth. I feel like Ray Allen really transcends the NBA in that regard. Uh, it's just kind of a bummer to see him out, out officially out of the league. Yeah, I, uh, Jesus, shout out Jesus Shuttlesworth. Uh, that, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of cool that his, his article and, and that he, what he wrote is his, 
kind of farewell in the Players Tribune and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean he's a freak kind of. I mean like the fact he was able to be as good as he was for so long and as successful. I mean it, it was pretty impressive and uh, too bad. It's it was kind of just. But at the same time, I mean he was kind of out of it. It was just kind of his name would float out there. Um, for like making these playoff runs with some of the contenders for each year, uh, and it would have been cool to see him do like one more run just to get another ring or just to be a part of that again. Uh, but man, like all I could think about today was you look at the old highlights and and all that, and it's 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 fun to see a younger athletic Ray. But I mean, I think I watched the the twenty thirteen that the, his his game six shot on Lou probably 10 times a day just because it's like it was the first thing I thought of and it's like probably gonna be like the last thing kind of memory I have of him at least and that's pretty crazy I mean with all the things he did on the Celtics but that shot is just like one of the greatest things I've ever seen yeah that game was incredible and the fact that he made that shot I remember losing my mind because you know, in the heat of the moment, and you know, Bosch gets that rebound that didn't look like there was any way the Heat were going to get it, and you think the game is over, and you thought that the Heat were out of that game, I don't know, a dozen times, and all of a sudden, the second you you see rounds get the ball, step into the corner, and not step out of bounds, and drill the three. I mean, you knew that the second time, the second it left his fingers, it was going in, and. Yeah, I remember watching him go against the Lakers in the finals when he was with Boston and a part of that big three. And he's just such a fun player to watch. He shot 40% from three over his entire career, and he took almost six threes a game. I mean, he was really kind of, you know, people talk about Steph Curry and Klay Thompson being the best shooters of all time. And when it's all said and done, maybe they will be, but that they, they're going to have to take it from that guy. And right it's uh yeah i mean that I th- shot's unbelievable yeah i mean i i think steph's it's got it now already but it's uh i, well, saw I mean his talking about that like, his like per season numbers have blown everyone out of the water so i understand but the longevity of ray i think that there's something to be said yeah. with that oh absolutely yeah and i mean i think he had a big impact on a lot of guys and in, in showing older player guys you know, successful players, what it takes to take care of your body and the things to do to extend your career out longer. Uh, but uh, another thing I saw, I, Zach, I know Zach Harper tweeted it and or retweeted it, but like the Hall of Fame class in a couple of years, they'll have, you know, most like Kobe, Tim Duncan, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Ray Allen now. I mean, uh, Kevin, <laughs> I guess Kevin we, Durant, Kevin Garnett, or Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Kevin Garnett. Um, that's a pretty pretty crazy thing to think about. Like that's a stacked stacked Hall of Fame class for sure. I also another funny thing. I totally forgot that the Timberwolves drafted uh, Ray Allen and immediately yeah. traded him to the Bucks. Yeah, I mean they got Stephon Marbury, which is kind of fun, but it's still you know. I think I would have rather taken Ray. Yeah, well, he got to play with Kevin eventually, so and got the chips. So, yeah, that's it's true. Uh, but yeah, so LeBron James, he dressed up as Martin Lawrence. He did like a little Martin Lawrence, like he oh. spent five. He spent five k on his outfit. 
So well, according this, to TMZ, isn't this a guy that spends a million or is it two million dollars a year on his body? I mean, yeah, five grand like is that. nothing. He probably makes that in an hour. Um, but that is that's still pretty ridiculous to spend on a costume. Uh, but moving on, so another big thing that came out today. Or I shouldn't say came out today, but a few things or a few signings that were officially announced today because the deadline was it yesterday today yep. this afternoon that was the deadline was to yesterday. offer extensions. And it was yesterday, midnight yesterday. Oh, okay. So last so night. Rudy Gobert, Stephen Adams, Victor Oladipo, Gorgie Diang, and Zach, or sorry, uh, Tyler Zeller. My Cody confusing Zeller. Cody, Cody Zeller. Zeller. I name that Zeller. Yeah, my bad. Uh, got signed to four-year extensions today. Uh, I don't really have any huge reaction to it because it wasn't that surprising to me. I think that for the most part, all five deals are relatively fair on both sides. I think OKC could potentially be making away pretty handily with that deal with Oladipo. I think they may have gotten a, a, a really good deal there. And I like Diang with the T-Wolves, the but what are your thoughts, PJ? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, they're they're locking, they're, they're fully committing to this new kind of core that they're putting together. Um, and I, I, it's, it's definitely a move. I mean, I, I, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised they just didn't wait till the off season to extend them and, and go from that point just to see how this really works. Cause I mean, you're not, you have such a change in your identity and everything. But, um, I mean, if you think Adams and, and old Depot are versatile enough to play in a different, different couple different styles and whatever, I mean, if those are going to be your building blocks, then yeah, I wish now we now know that's what their their move is, and so it's interesting. But yeah, the other ones, um, they do make sense. Uh, I think Gorgie was a a good move on on their part just to lock him up because I think he was going to kind of be almost in that, and not say he's the same player as like oh, but Omero Sheik, uh, kind of Tibbs had that before, and I think I think Tibbs that's a a fun toy for for tips to use and i think uh that's one thing i know we talked about in the season preview but like seeing diang with with tips too i think that he's gonna be a very nice nice piece for them defensively well and he hasn't been a great room protector but i do think tips will be able to help him there and they've been playing him more in the paint than with cat for sure yeah. so uh yeah, I'm really glad they, they decided to sign him. And it's an interesting point you bring up about not letting these guys hit restricted free agency. I, I mean, I guess you could let, let these guys potentially get offer sheets somewhere else. But I also understand, like, Gobert with his skill set, getting him for $25.5 million a year, like, he would have only gotten more than that on the open market. And that might even be the max. It's really close. But, uh, and I think, but Oladipo being able to get him for 84, I think that he would have gotten a max offer from someone. So I understand what, what they're doing. Um, I don't know. Like yeah. I, said, I mean, no, no yeah, huge reaction on my end. I, it's a lot of money for OKC to throw down right now because now they really don't have any money to play in free agency this upcoming off season. Right. So it's just, I mean, they're going to still have to kind of work through the trade markets now i do kind of still think they're gonna 
try to find a move out there for Cantor. Uh, you know, what that brings you back at this point, I'm not sure. But um, I think they've got some moves. But, I mean, yeah, if that's going to be now, you know, Russ, Russ, Steven Adams, and Old Depot is that core. So that's does help clear some things up as far as when you're looking at the Thunder and their plans for this year and, you know, going forward. So Right. All right, well, let's move on here. So the next segment we're going to cover is a new one. Uh, it's called Ball Don't Lie. PJ, I'll let you explain this a little bit more and, and, and get us started. Yeah, so, I mean, we're just probably going to use this segment. The, the idea behind this is to kind of talk about what what things, and it works really well right now, is, you know, what's real, what's what's kind of fake, what's some BS that's that's out there in the, the league right now. So we'll probably do two or two or three different topics and you know this might be a weekly every maybe semi-weekly segment we do uh, but it's great you know we have a small sample size so far from the games this thus far in the season so i got i got two two here for us and uh, the first one is uh mr russell westbrook and his uh explosion to start and uh so the two things of on russell on this ball don't lie that I want to know from you ultra is if you think they're legit or not is uh, first off his triple double streak and second off would be just the scoring the um, shots he's taking and the scoring he's been putting up I mean he's at 38 points a game so far through three do you think those are indicators of things that come and, and that we're going to just come to expect and see this whole season or do you think they're kind of a lie ball ball's going to correct that and and show us the truth so i'm going to split these up here so your first the first one is can he continue to put up a triple double every night because he's he's at a triple double the last is he going to average a triple double is he going to average a triple double i do not think he will average a triple double uh, right now he's at okay. like just over 38 points and around 12 rebounds, 12 assists. That's right. three games in. Um, and if there's anyone that can keep playing at this high of an intensity all season, it's Russ. But I just don't see it. I mean, I think that once he gets into more back-to-backs, three games and five nights – that it's going to be really tough for him to put up numbers like this. And you saw him, like, the triple-double he had against the Lakers was, you know, more like, you know, mid-30s and then just over 10 assists and 10 rebounds. Uh, it's a lot more sustainable for him to do that than what he did against the Suns where he shot the ball 40-plus times, scored 50-plus points. Um, right. I, I, You know, I think he's going to be close. I think that I he's going to he... average low 30s, and he's going to be – I think he's going to get there with assists, and I think that like, like last year, I think he finished with around eight rebounds a game. I think that he'll be around there again. I just don't you – know, and the other thing too is that they're going to play big a lot, and so I think Steven Adams and Enos Cantor are going to suck up a lot of those rebounds to the point that it does kind of decrease that. Now – Having said that, he's still going to have a couple dozen triple doubles this year. It's just I don't foresee him being above ten rebounds, so that's where he falls short. So I mean, part of it though, I think the rebounds is like 
yeah, it's where that stays. But, I mean, he's been playing with those guys right now. I mean, he's just been – wherever the ball goes, has just been a magnet to it and is sucking up these rebounds and kind of just initiating his own little little fast breaks, his little outlets. Um, but, I but, mean, you also – so another part about this, though, they've played the Sixers, the Suns, yeah, and the Lakers at yeah, this point. Yeah, that was that – was, and that was what I was going to say, too, is that – from that perspective, I mean, he was a assist away from getting a triple double against the Sixers too, and I think, yeah, I mean, I think some of it's the bad teams. So for him to be able to kind of have that free range to to collect those triple doubles, I'm sure it will go down. Yeah, I don't think he'll average it, but the scoring wise, I mean, I think he might. I'm kind of on the high side on that. I I think that might be what we're gonna see. A you lot think of. you'll think you think he's gonna finish the gonna, year with like. 35, 35 plus yep yeah i think around 35 i would not be surprised by that i mean it would be insane to see and and i mean but i think he could do that i mean and to your point like the off nights how they're going to manage his usage we're going to have to find out some more but i mean if he's good and i mean like how much of the percentage of that team i mean when you're getting that 35 percent usage rate and some of that that's where you're you get a little dicey as far as players go and, and just like seeing the records teams have but i do think the 35 i think he could i think he could average 35 this year i really i just I, I think that dude is 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 ready to just tear this this league up and just this is this is the reign of rust right now i mean i think he's he's ready uh to go and i'm probably 100 percent biased because I am a little bitter, though, honestly, too. Just to switch to something we talked about last week and the shoe commercials. <laughs> I was and wondering what you were getting at there. F and Russ has to drop that after we did our episode. And the minute I saw it, I was like, oh, man, we would have had probably to do like a whole segment. I'm not going to do but that that commercial is one of the greatest things I've ever watched. I've watched it like 20 times over the weekend. Oh, dude, I, I feel dumb. It. I haven't even seen it. Oh. Well. <laughs> so I'm glad that you're Next not episode. trying to talk about it. Cause... Next episode, we're going to get a full breakdown of that because we might be able to do a full pod on just that commercial. Maybe we could do a little mini pod on it. But So before you get to your next, your next ball don't lie here, and we're going to talk about this guy more in a bit, who – is averaging more points per game at the end of the year, Anthony Davis or Russell Westbrook? Oh, I think I think Russ because the problem with, with Anthony, I think it's really going to be that, like, he needs someone to get him. Like, Russ can just have the ball in his hands all the time. Like, Anthony Davis does need someone else to kind of take it from him and, and do a little bit of more scoring. I mean... He's got the handles and stuff, but I just mean I, I would be more comfortable if I'm a th- on the Thunder and letting Russ get that high usage. Then I mean, if you, I, I think if you're the the Pelicans, you have to kind of look at your defense more and say, okay, we have to cut down the scoring. We have to try to keep these games in that almost that eight that ninety point range, ninety to hundred points. And let Anthony get us most of the way there, but like, I think he's just naturally gonna impose his will in a lot of different ways. But 
I don't see him scoring necessarily as I think I think his is going to get shifted more to defense because that's going to be their best chance to win. Because I mean, you've seen him put these big points up and they've lost, and it's like I don't think they're going to have any chance this year to right. outscore anyone. So Fair I I think from that point, yeah, Russ is Russ is going to be able to score and just impose his will that way. Where you're going to have a little bit different, but I yeah, do want to say that's a good point. I did kind of mention Ultra that people weren't giving Anthony Davis as much love as they needed to in that with the players pool or the GM pool. I'm sorry. I mean, Anthony Davis. Well, but like, but he got a ton of love as far as GMs wanting him to be their power forward or their center if they were to pick a best guy at that position. But I don't blame for GMs from staying away from wanting to start your franchise with him because Anthony Davis as good as he's looked as he's looked and I mean I watched a lot of the game against the Warriors I mean he's unbelievable he looks so good he looks so much more polished even right now than he ever has but he's done this for three games and even against the Spurs so their third game he kind of slowed down a little bit but can he sustain this and can he stay healthy? And I think that's really the question. But I, I I agree with you. People did completely forget about him coming into this year because the Pelicans Hopefully. getting the eight seed and then them not yeah. being anywhere close to making the playoffs. But that's not all on Anthony Davis. Partially, no. part of it is because he's gotten hurt so frequently. But Yeah, but it was just, I mean... I, I thought it was just a great thing to see him come out like that and just kind of be like, all right, everyone. No one's really talking about me at this point. Like, I'm getting some love, but everyone's just kind of writing me off because, like you said, I'm on a shitty team. Like, what? Like, let's just – I mean, I know they've lost and stuff, but it's like, I mean, with that kind of thing, that just puts it on. I mean, if when, when Drew Holiday comes back and some of that, you hope some of his, his production, the – what he's doing right now, you know, gets put towards some more wins for them. Right. Would you think it's safe to say that he's back? Oh, ultra. You think he's back? People keep asking <laughs> if he's back. I think he's back. You think? People keep asking if I'm back. You think? And I haven't really had an answer. <laughs> now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, shout out to John Wick. Shout out. Anthony, We're Anthony have... Davis is our first John Wick. Uh, he's yeah. back. We get two. We get two John Wick. I'm thinking I'm back. So we're, that's another future segment that we kind of just busted the door open and on. But the John Wick, I'm thinking I'm back nominations. Yeah, Anthony Davis gets one. But just shout out to the NBA in general. Getting. I'm thinking I'm back. Uh, I was just. I you know I, know I thought we might get into this very beginning, but there's so much already. I feel like the first week of everything, I just was I was almost exhausted. I mean, I was in between, like you said, other sports, kind of I mean, divide with the only, Cubs. It's and only going to get but, it's only going to get better too. But like one week, and I was just like, damn! Like there's been so much that happened, so many big performances. Um, it was like really interesting to think about, like especially in the, even the West, like. Who'd be the player of the week on that that side between Russ, 
Anthony Davis. I mean, there was yeah. there was some really just awesome right off the gate performances from a lot of different guys and, and teams. So it's like it's back, baby. Association. It's gonna be really fun to watch Russ and Anthony Davis just destroy usage rates records this year. And yeah, man, I I've, I can't think of another week uh, in the past where two guys have put up such great numbers over the course of the week and it was really difficult to pick between the three and if you look at like if Anthony Davis would have had a third game even if they would have lost mm-hmm. I mean and they did lose the Spurs but even if they would have lost and he would have put up numbers comparable to what he did in his first two games you know how do you go tell Russell Westbrook yeah you're not getting Western Conference Player of the Week even though you averaged nearly 40 12 and 12 you know I mean that's absurd I can't believe and you know we're not even talking about James Harden and the assist numbers he's been putting up I mean you know LeBron had a pretty modest 21 8 and 10 and one Eastern yeah. Conference Player of the Week <laughs> Western Conference no, Harden too yeah, I like, dude. I kind of like the Rockets. I mean, even though they lost to the Lakers, uh, they're fun, fun team. I just hope gonna... I hope their chemistry doesn't get ruined by the end of the year. Yeah, I don't. I mean, James is. I think the early D'Antonio, James Harden looks. I mean, he's gonna be putting up a lot of buckets, um, and I think they're just gonna try to score 120 points a night, and I'm cool with that. <laughs> like, I mean. Dude, that's like, I mean, that's kind of where the league's trended a little bit, where it's like, all right, we just, you know, we just might try to outscore you. We don't really care. Like, yeah, that's how, that's how we're going to play. That's We're not going to be trying to fake being a good defensive team. We're just going to see if you can outscore us and see what goes there. And they're, so. going, and they're going to outscore a lot of people because I like, I mean, a lot of their pieces are, I like the way they fit. I don't know. It's uh, I mean James Harden obviously I'm not a huge Ryan Anderson guy but Eric Gordon has looked good so far, Clint Capella I like him he's explosive dude he has some, like Harden just throws him ridiculous alley oop passes like you're, he's good for three of them a game. Yeah, and I mean yeah we we also I mean, kind of switched to I mean like Kawhi and Dame we talked about Dame a little bit last week, um and his just opening night but. Yeah, man. I mean, the West is just gonna be insane. And we even, uh, I don't I think mean, we've even talked about the. I don't think we've even talked about the Clippers for more than two minutes either, and they've had a really right. good start. So no, it's like, no, just shout out. I'm I'm super excited just for, for we well we've we've seen already in the first week. I'm just hoping that's an indicator, and but it's it's good just to have basketball back and just soak it all up. It, it's been fun. So I think we really got derailed here, but did you have a second ball oh, don't yeah. lie that you wanted to bring up? Oh, second ball don't lie. Jeez. Yeah, we really really maybe skipped a segment. No, oh, I mean, we got our I, NBA, the other... NBA boner talk going on for a little while. Yeah, of, we just kind of just track. got I kind of blacked out for a second. Um I uh, the second one I had was uh based on uh, Wiggins, it was Wiggins scoring, and him. He's got twenty-seven. We kind of talked about it already, but just do you think that's legit? Do you think he's going to be able to maintain uh, that that kind of pace and output? Is that that is that for real, or do you think that's kind of BS? Well, I don't know. 
if Wiggy is going to end up averaging 27 by the end of the year, but I think it's very conceivable he's right around 24, 25 points a game. Um, he took a leap from year one to year two. Um, he Just from watching him, he looks a lot more comfortable this year, mm-hmm. uh, and he's shot pretty well from three-point. I mean, he's, had, he's only taken – He's two for five this year from three, so it's not exactly you know it's not like he's taking five threes a game or anything. But he's been really aggressive, and I know he's it's been a huge emphasis of his to try to get more rebounds so that he can have second chances on the offensive end. Uh, because if you'd watched him in previous seasons, I mean, pretty much every night the box score would be you know around twenty points a game, but he would be lucky to have more than two or three rebounds and one or two assists. And it just seems like on the defensive end, he's definitely the, the best wing defender they have. Um, and he's been really efficient scoring thus far. I mean, he's, been, he's the most aggressive. No one's really taking it to the rack so much. Even Levine has been taking a lot of outside shots, Towns included, even though, you know, he has had some post looks, but, um, you know, he has a pretty refined game. If he can shoot close to 40% from three and continue attacking on the, on the offensive end, I mean, he's going to play a ton of minutes because they don't really have many yeah. wings. Right. I mean, and two with them, like, yeah, I mean, I kind of think – I hope it's for real because, yeah, if he can score 25, like you said, and, like, Towns, if Cat can get 22, 23, you know, kind of that range too – if they can almost together just put up, you know, average fifty points, that's Dude, a really good indicator for the for the T Wolves to start. Levine's I mean, gonna average close to twenty. You think all three? Ooh, you really? I think so. You think all three of those guys are gonna get twenty? I would 20 guess. A game? I would guess Levine ends up finishing around nineteen a game. But, yeah, I was thinking like I mean, he's a he's a good three point shooter. He doesn't give a shit if he's open or not. Like, but he's just gonna shoot forty percent from out there, and he's gonna have a couple easy dunks a game. I mean, he he's a scorer. It's about all he does, but he's a scorer. That's I didn't really think about three of them doing. I mean, yeah, he's averaged, I think if, he's averaged twenty in their first two games. Right, but I mean, I think like him, like I see him be at best like an eighteen something, but that's still, I mean, that's still pretty good. I mean, if those guys are doing that, that's like a nice. You just got to kind of find between the bench and who else, you know, who gets them another forty, you know, thirty, forty points between them. But that's interesting. I didn't really think about that. Hmm. Something to chew on. Yeah, I'm glad I've given you something to think about because yeah, I mean, I really. Scoring is not going to be a huge problem when they have their starters out there, but their depth in the backcourt is suspect, and that's putting it nicely. So that's where <laughs> that's where it's going to get really interesting, and that's why you'll see them blow some leads. And that, and combine that with the fact that the Timberwolves are a really young team, and it's you know going to be some growing pains there. Hopefully, they can bounce back. I'm confident they will. But yeah, man, I think I think Wiggins is for real. He may not be quite as high as he has been scoring, but he's gonna be their number one scoring threat. Yeah, I uh, that that's and that's good. That's I mean I think we kind of talked the beginning too. Like that's 
that's kind of what needs to happen for them to sniff this playoff, make make an eighth, a seventh or eighth seed. Yep, exactly. But so we're we're starting to run out of time here, PJ. So let's keep it moving, man. Let's uh, we're gonna start another new segment. Segment. <clears throat> it's called our in and outs of the week, pretty self-explanatory. Now this may or may not be. Uh, NBA related though, so PJ and I are just gonna give one thing we're in on, one thing we're out on. So PJ, why don't you start on what you're in on for this week? So what I've been in on so far this week, and it's probably about two, three weeks now, has been uh, I've been dipping into a lot of Daft Punk uh, playlists. I think I've listened to them maybe like 20 hours the last like three weeks. Like <laughs> I think like so like we talking old like. All of it, like it's just been like my my go to work work playlist. Like whenever I needed to grind out for like three or four hours and just like focus in on work, I've just like listened to that. The drive drive back, I've listened to it. It's like I like have not gotten sick of it. I was like I just kind of heard a little bit of it like a month ago or a month and a half ago, and then like it just kind of I just got a full dive into it, and it's been awesome. So. That's a great throwback. Like the summer that uh, I'm totally blanking on their last CD, dude. What was their last album called? The from 2013. Yeah. Because that is the last. Jeez, now this is bad because I uh, obviously I've been listening to it. I'm putting you on the spot, and you can't remember what dude. it's called either. It's the one. With no, I put it on shuffle. It's uh oh through the. Is it through the memory? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Random this Access a, Memories. Random Access Memories. There so we go. It's kind of an obscure name, but <clears throat> when that <clears throat> when that album came out, I've, I don't think I've ever listened to one album more frequently in one summer than that album. So good. I'm glad yeah, you brought I mean, that back because, I mean, was it uh, The Weeknd's new single that brought you back around on Daft Punk? That kind of... So so it was uh, that was what sparked this this little run here, but it was like a few like before that I had been doing like Giorgio had come on at some point, and I just be like jammed out to that. Like, we played at like one of the bars because they like do a jukebox. That song's on there because Random Access Memories is at this this bar by my place. So we played it while we played darts, and uh, that kind of just like in got in my head and incepted me a little bit and like it's just been the last couple of weeks of just that's all i've listened to i feel like damn man so. that's cool all right so what are you out on this week so i'm out i'm not completely out on this but i'm out on it for a while the weather's changing uh had to make the uh big switch the big transition from uh iced coffee to hot coffee so Ooh, out on an iced coffee okay. out on it it's uh we did it. We had a great ride. Been uh, since May. We we rode hard. We had a great summer together. Ice coffee, <laughs> me. Shout out to the uh, little little plug, Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, your cold brew. Want to give yeah, us some sponsor so that's, dollars? That's so. what my ne- my follow up question was going to be. Was so are you ever making your own iced coffee, or is this strictly like? Oh, it's strictly a purchase. It's yeah. like you're stopping at. Cause is there one that you go to a lot, like when you're going to work and stuff? I've got one. So like I went, yeah, every day before work, uh, I became a regular. They just, they knew what I wanted. They had it ready to go. I was like the only six, four white guy to walk in there at a, 
like six o'clock in the morning, so they knew me. Oh, pretty so you're quickly. walking in. You're not even drive through. It's not a drive through. It's Ooh. it's like right right before the, I get on the highway. <laughs> I just like pop in there. Okay. Just drop in to use my Duncan app. It's a so, real quick, quick like two minute process. Yeah, so, shout out to Duncan and all you do for me. Uh, so kind of a messed up thing about the state of Minnesota is that there aren't very many Dunkin' Donuts up here, including a grand total of zero in the Twin Cities. So that's a big reason why I am off iced coffee most of the years because I can't go get that at Dunkin'. However, I have it at, at home sometimes, but I totally agree with you that as soon as it's below like 50 degrees, it's hot coffee or bust. Yeah, and it's like the weather's kind of been a little fluky. Like it's 74 here today. It's like peaking in a little bit, but like the mornings have been cold enough where it's like, yeah, it's, it's hot coffee time. So I can't go back now. I've made it official on the pod. Out on hot coffee. We'll, we'll talk again in like April, probably May again. Well, it's usually like right around, like right before Memorial Day. Sometime in May, you're like, all right. Let's uh, let's flip probably this. it's probably gonna be as soon as they start bringing back the ninety nine cent whatever. Size. Well, that's the official. That's like yeah, that's, you're just like in, you're in the iced coffee yep. zone at that point. All right, what man, about well, you, man? So, I'm in on this on the Cubs winning the World Series, both yeah. hoping that it happens and thinking it is going to happen. So we're recording this before. Game right six. before first pitch, we're yep. minutes away from like first it is pitch. about to start. Um, and I kind of fought this uh, in the first couple games of the series. I was just kind of being a douchey Cardinals fan, like you know, screw the Cubs, I don't want them to win. I like laughing at them. They haven't won a World Series in a hundred years, and it's probably gonna piss off any Cubs fan that listens. But uh, I kind of like them. I mean, I it's kind of scary. Uh, because I think if they win a World Series now, it's going to give them a ton of confidence in every postseason going forward, and they're so young and talented that it could screw the NL Central and effectively the rest of the Major League, <laughs> everyone else in Major League Baseball, over uh, by them winning it. But uh, I think that their pitching matchups look a lot better going back to Cleveland, and I think Arietta gets it done, and... Um, in game seven, I just think Kluber isn't going to be able to go on short rest a second time and uh, get a third win. But yeah, I mean, we'll see, I'm man. all, I'm all, I put a little wager in on them after the Sunday night win. Uh, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is. But yeah, did, you get, did been, you get odds on that, or is that just straight up? I got a little odds, just a little, but a little, uh, little yeah. bump, just a little bump. But uh, so yeah. Hopefully that works out for me. But, yeah, I mean, I've been pulling for them. I'm a, I'm a White Sox and Cardinals fan, but I'm pulling for them because I'm mainly into the social experiment that is the Cubs fan identity after they win one. So I want to see that as soon as possible. Also, just, yeah, that being is in Chicago. Also, yeah, I mean, like that's, like, the, the big thing. I'm like, how do you go from being a 100, like, your fan base is based on being losers so how do you like identify as like a winner now? So I'm pretty intrigued by that, but obviously just being in the city, being able to be at firsthand account and experience that. Um, they weren't able to do it while they were still here, but still, I mean, game seven, if they get to that and they, they win, uh, 
things are still going to burn. Things will be burning and be running amok. A lot of Cubs babies out there be made, be made. Uh, a lot of a lot of things are gonna happen. So, want to see that? Want to be able to be the have a personal perspective on all of that? So, uh, I like your in. I'm yeah, all we'll in on your to, in. If they if they win, we'll have to talk that about that a little bit because I'm interested. We have quite a few Cubs fans, so I'm kind of curious as to how they'll all handle this. But uh, so going on to what I'm out on this week. And this is really kind of circling back to last week, but we didn't have a chance to talk about it. Is I'm out on how the NBA handled and this has been handling opening the season. I feel like you could find a way to get either a a game on national like ABC, like a big. Probably, I mean, it'd have to be ABC essentially, or if you're gonna even ESPN and getting like an actually good game. I mean, I understand you get Cleveland who won the championship and you get the Knicks who is in a huge market, but frankly, I don't think the Knicks should be playing on opening night on national TV. I don't give two shits if I see this new super team on their first game together. I'd much rather see uh, like an Eastern, I'd rather watch Cavs Raptors. I'd rather watch... Uh, I know they played later in the night, but you know, give some central love. Like West Coast was really the only area of the country that got to watch the entirety of the Spurs and Warriors game. I just feel like, you know, hype the game up a little bit more going before or before it starts. I feel like everyone's just talking about Monday Night Football, and then all of a sudden you're home on a Tuesday night, and unless you're a big NBA fan, it's like, oh, by the way, the NBA starts tonight, and there's such a the NBA in general is so good at marketing their brand and their big games that I thought that, like, why not making your opening night a little more special? Well, because, I mean, I think some of that, I mean, like, so you make the argument, all right, we could burn a Warriors, Cavs, right, opening night type thing. But, I mean, they're saving a lot of those type of matchups and stuff you're trying to, I mean, they, they just, right now, they're doing that for Christmas. Is when yeah, they but not, big games. why not do one really big one on opening night and market it and then just be like all right this is we're gonna get everybody like every you get them to watch that first night and you start plugging the fact that every tuesday and thursday on tnt you're gonna have back-to-backs or whatever it's gonna be i mean i just feel like there is some opportunity there and i was just kind of bummed about the matchups too i mean spurs warriors is good but yeah would have much i would have rather them it been in San Antonio, and we could watch. Yeah, you have to op- you have time. to open up with a champ. You have to do the ring ceremony, all that. So, I uh, <laughs> I do think something must have happened with the Cubs here. Yeah, I, I guess think so. uh, Chris Bryant just hit a home run. So, oh okay. <laughs> there's a shout out, shout out Ooh. Nick Rogers and and Mark Flanagan, my roommates. Uh, you made a subtle guest appearance on the pod this week so that was quick um yeah so let's go so uh no i i see what you mean but it's like at the same time i i kind of like some of this and just like these weird like it's it's an intriguing team i mean new york's obviously the biggest market so that's why they're there but yeah i get it i know what i know what you mean but it's like their time to shine like Christmas. That's their day. That's that's what they're Which, kind of setting it for. I mean, this so. is looking way in advance. So, but 
Christmas is going to be great. We might have to do a pod on Christmas. Like that's how yeah. I'm ex- that's how excited I am. Yeah, I think we might need to too. <laughs> I like that idea. I but like hey, that idea a lot. We're uh, we should probably get going here in a minute, PJ. So some other big games going on this week in the NBA tonight. The Warriors play in, at Portland. OKC at Clippers tomorrow, and then some really good revenge games coming up towards the revenge end of the week. week. Uh, and we'll have to talk about that more in our next pod. But uh, Russ plays against KD for the first time in Golden State on Thursday. Then you get D Rose returning to Chicago to play the Bulls on Friday, as well as a couple other really good matchups on Friday, and then Dwight going back to Atlanta on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Dwight gets to take on James. So, I mean, yeah, some of those uh, interesting little relationships, dynamics. Um, yeah, I'll obviously be really tuned in. I mean, the Russ, Russ and uh, KD thing is just going to be the best. Um, so <laughs> It's going to um, be good. Uh, it's gonna I mean, be that's good. like the best one. I mean, obviously I'll have my bias towards. Uh, I mean, the only thing I'm really interested in with the Knicks and Bulls is like how – Joakim, Derek, it received back. Um, I think Joakim will get a big ovation. Uh, I'm hoping Derek does too. Uh, but it'll be. I'm interested to see how they handle that situation, how they uh, kind of welcome him back and what they do there. Because, I mean, I don't think Derek necessarily has a lot of love towards the Bulls this very minute and, and kind of how things digressed and his perception and some of the comments he's made. So, um but I think he's he's still, I mean, he's part of Chicago and stuff. But that, that's kind of fun. And then, yeah, I want I, I wonder if James and, and Dwight get in some words. That's kind of the one I'm, I'm wondering about more than anything. It's like, is there a moment where maybe Dwight, Dwight does a little, James goes in, gives him a little hard fall or anything like that? You know, we'll see. So it's, yeah, it's I a good week. I'm ready to fully dive in. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we better go before we get too much Cubs chatter. But I uh, just want to take the time to thank everyone for listening yet again. Um, we really appreciate all of the support. Please visit our website. It's at thepointforwardnba.com. Follow us on Twitter at thepointforward, as well as PJ at foolishkilla and myself at Ultra Jacobs. Uh, check out and like our Facebook page, The Point Forward. And, uh, you know, you probably know this already, but download our podcast on Stitcher and iTunes. Um, and as always, feel free to send us any email feedback at our Gmail account. It's the point forward NBA. Um, but yeah, PJ, have a good week, man. I'll actually see you this you weekend. Too. You will. Ooh, buddy. It's going to be fun. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll come out with another pod hopefully this weekend or on Monday. But uh, thanks everyone for watching watching listening you get it